are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locks on Podcast Network. You're listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. It's your team every day here on the Lock on Diamondbacks podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at LockdownDiamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. I'm a multimedia journalist and graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.MyPortfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show. We got a bunch of things to talk about. Of course, we're going to start with those hot stove rumors. Then Bleach Report had an interesting article on the worst con- uh, about the worst contract every team has. So we'll talk about the worst contract the D-backs have. And then finally, in segment number two today, you guys know I love those AZ Snake Pit, uh, AZ Snake Pit reviews. They did one on Kevin Ginkle, so we'll talk about that, break down his 2020 season, and hopefully uh, pray for the best that he bounces back in 2021. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll read to the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's jump right into it. And I first want to start off with the... Uh, Hot stove rumors, of course. I didn't know why I paused, but we know what we want to start off with. We always want to start off with those hot stove rumors. And there was actually a deal made today. Uh, Michael Waka actually signed with the Tampa Bay Rays today. They are both calling it a perfect fit for each other. Now, if you guys remember, Michael Walker used to be, you know, one of the top prospects, one of the best up and coming arms in baseball. And he's really kind of fallen off from that status. Uh, you know, he, he he broke into the league when he was just 21 years old in 2013. So we knew, we, we at least thought this guy was going to be a stud. He was a top 100 prospect prior to 2013. And all eyes were on him when he broke into the league. And he had some pretty immediate success when he broke into the league. At 21, he only started started nine games but had a 278 ERA next season in 2014 he had 107 innings pitch had a 3-2 ERA and then in 2015 he was actually an all-star at 23 years old 333 ERA or 338 ERA 180 innings pitch Michael Walker was a stud those first three years and then all of a sudden he just started going down there were some health uh some injuries with his health as well but 2016 he had a 509 ERA a 413 ERA in 2017 and during those two years his whip definitely went up as well 1478 in 2016 1358 in 2017 he had a bounce back season 2018 with the cards 32 ERA but he only started 15 games that year and then it went back to 476 ERA in 2019 and then this past season with the Mets it was only seven starts but he had a 
ERA. So outside of 2018, four of his last five years really hasn't been that impactful, productive, or that special. Not like what we saw the first three years when he broke into the league. So we'll see if Michael Waka could get back to form when he was, you know, a lot younger in his career. But the thing with Michael Waka is he's still only 29 years old. So one year, $3 million deal. So it's going to be a prove-it deal. And a guy like Michael Waka, he has the stuff. So if he's healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns back the clock a little bit and starts looking like the guy who broke into baseball. Some other rumors of the day. It looks like the Padres are interested in Sonny Gray. Uh, Gray has been pretty good ever since he left the Yankees. I guess he couldn't handle the bright lights of New York. But back with the Reds, he's been pretty good. Was an all-star in 2019 with 2870 array, 3.7 array, and 11 starts in 2020. So he's been pretty good. We know the Padres are going to miss Mike Clevenger for the whole season pretty much because of Tommy John's surgery. So they're going to want to add another starter to replace him. And Sonny Gray in the National League... Wouldn't be too bad at all. Looks like the Red Sox and Blue Jays are in the mix. Even the Angels are in the mix for Pirates right-hander Joe Musgrave. Uh, That would be a nice move for those teams because those are teams that are definitely in need of rotation help, especially the Red Sox. who had won won the worst rotations in baseball last year. And Musgrave is only going to be 28 years old, coming off a pretty solid year in 2020, but he hasn't really been an elite level starter throughout his career. He's a 1.23 whip. His FIP for his career is a 3.9. So he's a guy who's right around that 4.3 ERA for his career. He's a guy who's going to be about a 4.1, a 3.9 ERA. And he's going to be a, probably a number four starter for you, maybe give you some upside because of his age, but he's not a guy that's going to be, uh, you know, the ace of your staff. And then finally, the one last big uh, rumor of the day, I guess, is the Red Sox are still not ruling out JBJ after that Hunter Renfro signing. And they might also be in on that KBO shortstop, Kim, because we know they're going to be in need of a second baseman as well. So look for the Red Sox to be making some big moves and still continue to make some moves in free agency. Now I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about this Bleacher Report article about the worst contract on every team. And you could kind of guess who the D-backs worst contract is because it's also their highest paid player. And that is Madison Bumgarner. And it sucks that he became our our worst contract after just one season. But you can't really blame uh, Bleacher Report or really anyone for thinking that he's our worst contract. There are some really bad numbers with Madison Bumgarner and can just start with his peripheral peripheral numbers. It is 648 year array. He only had a 41 innings pitch because he had to miss a few starts because of health concerns and he gave up 13 home runs allowed. His hits per 9 was 10.2. His walks per 9 wasn't too bad, 2.8, but still tied uh, right up there with his career high and his 6.5 strikeouts per 9 was a career low. So at least from his peripheral numbers, it did not look too good for Madison Bumgarner. And if you look even deeper into the numbers, it's even more concerning because really the last two years, we've really seen a decline from Madison Bumgarner. If you look at his hard hit percentage, it's been above 40% the last three years, which is not something you want to see. Guys are really starting to put the barrel to the ball when it comes to Madison Bumgarner because his barrel percentage in 2020 was 14.9%. That was Way higher than what it was the last two years with the Giants when it was below 9%. Now it's in the double digits, the highest of his career, 14.9%. That is extremely high. And 
when you see that barrel percentage go up, one of the other things that can happen is your home runs go up. You're getting the barrel to the ball more. And that's what we saw with Madison Bumgarner. His fly ball percentage didn't go up more in 2020. It's been right around his career average. But his home runs per fly balls, that went up. His home runs per fly ball in 2019 was 12.6. That went up to 22% in 2020 and if you just look at his hard hit percentage the last two years that's been above 40 percent as well when it was around 30 to 35 percent the last four seasons prior with the giants so 2019 2020 we saw his hard hit percentage above 40 percent we saw his barrel percentage crack the double digits in 2020 and we saw his home runs per fly ball go up in 2020 as well so those are really concerning stats that i'm not sure that madison bum can improve in 2021 because the one thing that's working against madison bum is that fastball velocity is consistently going down. It was 91.7 in 2019. It was all the way down at 88.6 in 2020. It's not just his fastball velocity too. His cutter velocity went from 87.5 to 83.7 on average. And so when you juxtapose that with his changeup, that's at 83 miles per hour. So when the fastball is almost as quick as your changeup, it's just not gonna be as effective. I believe that's why we saw him throw his changeup uh, less than any other season in his career because it's just too easy for hitters to tee off on. It just basically looks like his fastball. And when there's not a lot of difference between your fastball and your changeup, it's going to lead to the more home runs and the less strikeouts that we saw with Madison Bumgarner. So we're only year one into this. But I think the best thing about that contract is it might be our worst contract, but I don't think it's actually breaking the bank. He's only getting paid $19 million in 2021. And that's actually a decent amount. It's 2022 and 2023 is where it's going to kill you, where it's at 23 million dollars but in 2024 it goes back to 14 million and the other good thing about Madison Bumgarner is that he's still not that old we were talking about Mike Walker and Joe Musgrave who are guys who are like 28 29 Madison Bumgarner is only gonna be 31 years old so it's not like he's super old and he can hopefully work his way and transform his game into what Zach Greinke was as he got older. That fastball velocity for Zach Greinke really started to take a dip as well, but he kind of reinvented himself. He got better with location, and he really just became a finesse pitcher as he aged over the years. So you could really just hope that happens for Madison Bumgarner because he's still has a lot of time left and he's under contract for quite a few more seasons. I mean, if you just look at Zach Greinke's fastball velocity, it was at 88 miles per hour in 2020. It's been at about 90 miles per hour since 2018. But when he first signed with the, the D-backs, it was at 92 miles per hour. Now it's all the way at 88 and he's still a really effective pitcher in baseball. I mean, Greinke's peripheral numbers this year weren't bad at all when he was pitching for the team. I mean, he only had a 403 year array and 12 starts. So that's not something that's, you know, super phenomenal. But in 2019, his ERA was 293. So obviously the fast velocity hasn't affected Zach Greinke in a major way. And hopefully Madison Bumgarner can learn from Zach Greinke and hopefully transform his game as he ages over the next few years. Now coming up, I also want to talk about Kevin Ginkle and break down his 2020 season. But first... I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back, more improved, and more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, 
cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're both soft and easy to chew. Now, the reason why I love Built Bars is because they're healthy. They trick me. I'm a health conscious guy. I try to go to the gym when I can, but I have a major sweet tooth and Built Bar makes me think I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar. They're low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, but high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. If you use promo code LOCKDOWN, you could get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Right, let's get back into it and let's talk about this Kevin Ginkle review by AZ Snake Pit because I found it very interesting. They did a great job of breaking down this article and so let's get right into it because Kevin Ginkle was not good in 2020. Prior to the 2020 season, I was hyping up Kevin Ginkle big time. I mean, how could you not? Kevin Ginkle was an absolute stud in 2019, a 148 ERA. He only had 24 innings pitched, but still, he looked great in 20, uh, 2019. And his 10.4 strikeouts per nine was very impressive. But 2020 didn't get off to the best start for Kevin Ginkle. I mean, right away in his debut, his first outing of the year on July 24th, he gave up four earned runs and he wasn't even able to get out of the seventh inning. But over his 19 outings in general, Two-thirds of his total production came in that first start and an August 11th start where he didn't even retire a hitter and was charged with four earned runs on only eight pitches. So take out those two really bad outings and Kevin Ginkle only gave up four earned runs in 17 outings. So that doesn't look too bad if you look at it from that perspective. 13 of those, he didn't even give up an earned run. But those two really bad outings were absolutely atrocious for Kevin Ginkle. So I think we remember uh, remember his season way worse than maybe it actually was. But again, he it wasn't like he was some shutdown guy the whole season. I mean, those two outings plus four more, we gave up an earned run. It's not like the D-backs didn't give to, uh, Kevin Ginkle a chance to at least win the closer role. I mean, after Archie Bradley was traded to the Reds, Kevin Ginkle was the first man chosen to replace him. And he just absolutely blew it. I said before the 2020 season started that maybe Archie Bradley wasn't going to live up to being a closer. And he actually did, but the D-backs ended up trading him. So I was all in on Ginkle given a shot to prove himself in 2020 and a chance to prove that he can be the closer of the future. But he absolutely blew it in the four outings the D-backs gave. Uh, gave him a chance to to close the game. He blew a save. He had a loss. He walked four batters in 3.2 innings. I mean, Tori Lavello had to send this guy back down to the alternate site because after looking unhittable last year, it was just not the same case this season. And Tori Lavello mentioned about how he was such a crucial part of their success in 2019, but it just didn't work out for 2020. So, why is that the case? I mean, his strikeouts per nine, like AZ Snake Pit uh, illustrates, was, you know, just as good in 2020 as it was in 2019. Striking out dudes for Kevin Ginkle isn't the issue. It had 10.1 strikeouts per nine in 2020. But I'm about to tell you three key stats that more than doubled for Kevin Ginkle in 2020 from 2019. 
His hits per nine went from 5.5 to 11.8. His home runs per nine went from 0.7 to 1.7. And his walks per nine went from 3.3 to 7.3. When you're giving up more home runs, hits, and walks, you're just going to be a worse pitcher overall. And it's kind of impressive that his strikeouts per nine was even able to remain that high. And of course, AZ Snake Pit loves to blame Babip and say he just had some bad luck because his Babip was even worse than uh, Yoan Lopez's in 2020. But I think the real issue with Kevin Ginkle was how he pitched with uh, you know a full count. And that's what AZ Snake Pit talks about here because his overall strike numbers, he threw about the same amount of strikes in 2020 as opposed to 2019 when we just look at the percentage. 61% of his uh, pitches were strikes in 2019. 59% of them were strikes in 2020. That's not that big of a difference. And even if you look at his first strike percentage, counts where he was starting 0-1 versus 1-0, that went from 59.4% to 58.2%. So that's not a big difference either. But if you look at his splits, according to AZ Snake Pit, it's like he got the yips when he had a 3-2 count, a full count. So when he had a full count over 18 plate appearances, he ended up walking double the amount of strikeouts, eight walks to four strikeouts. Six of those balls were in play for one hit. His numbers in those situations were below league average. So Kevin Ginkle was just not good with full counts, and he actually walked more batters when there were when there were already runners on base as well. So Easy Snake Pit even thinks that it's possible he wasn't as good pitching out of the stretch. But either way, I think it could be an intangible thing. Maybe he just not meant to be a closer because he just doesn't have the makeup for it. Some guys, when they enter that closer role, they're just not as good in the ninth inning. And if a guy like Kevin Ginkle is not as good with runners on base, not as good when the the count gets full or there's more balls than walks in the count then that's just not going to work out for your closer maybe he can't handle the pressure of closing out a game but i saw this guy be so good in 2019 so i want to believe he can bounce back and be even better in 2021 because he can't get much worse than he was in 2020 and uh kevin ginkle just a guy that I've been so high on entering the 2020 season. And it was a real big disappointment that he wasn't as good this year. But the D-backs still have a big hole in their bullpen. They're still in need of a closer. That role has not been, you know, solidified. Junior Guerrero is a free agent. He was one of the main guys to be a closer last year for the team, along with Stefan Crichton. So we'll see what the D-backs do and how they want to fill that hole. But I hope they give Kevin Ginkle another chance. I hope he can have a chance to, you know, duplicate his success from 2019 and not what he did in 2020 because... He actually pitched more innings in 2019 than 2020, if you can believe it. But he had to be sent down to the alternate site in 2020 because of how bad he was in certain situations, especially after he came in as a closer. So I'm hoping, I'm praying Kevin Ginkle gets back to what he was in 2019 because that dude was a flamethrower. That dude was shut down. That dude was a future closer of the future for this team, maybe the closer of right now. But it won't get back to that. Uh, he won't get back to that spot unless he fixes his mechanics, builds back the confidence he has, and just goes out there and performs. Because I'm going to be rooting for Kevin Ginkle all 2021. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal Twitter account at Locked on Diamondbacks for the Twitter and Instagram handle. And also... 
Betting on baseball or the Diamondbacks doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, this is the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, your team every day. So come back next week for news, coverage, and insight. And go back to any pods this week that you might have missed. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!